Off the ball. Does Lampard understand what his role is here? Oh, well, I've only been here a couple of days, you know. I can't sort out all the problems in that time. And you still think you're not here to sort out the problems? Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. Italy beat Ireland by 24 points to 7 in the Six Nations at the weekend. Alison Miller is with us now to um, talk about the game and just the general context of everything that's going on at the moment. Alison, I think there was probably some hope that the team would put in a performance uh, somewhat inspired, somewhat in answer to the Telegraph article and the controversy that surrounded it. But really, they're just not in a position to do any better than they did against Italy, are they? No, but at the same time, it was the first game this year where I felt they were in it, that they could have actually, they were competitive and that like at times I felt, oh God, they could score here and they could come back into and they could potentially win. Not felt that in any other game this year. And yeah, we're just going to have to be realistic about where this team are at now and be patient. And that's not saying it's giving excuses for poor performance. It's it's been realistic. Uh, I think the girls, the players would say that themselves, that they're not where they want to be yet. So, um, yeah, it was a tough week for, for the team, I'm sure. Um, a lot of negativity surrounding the women's game for quite a while now. Um, so I'm not sure a young team might have affected them. Maybe it didn't. Some of them, who knows? We don't know. So, um, But at the same time, they were very disappointed to lose to Italy. But there was improvement. And look, people are going to say, oh, you can't keep saying there's improvement. That's true. Like, they're not winning games, end of. But the only way to measure success for this team at the moment when they're losing games is by the individual parts of the game and the process because they're not winning games. So we can't say, oh, you know, you can't, you know, they've lost three out of three. It is what it is. So um, unfortunately, we just got two measure the game for what we see in the individual components. And in those individual components, are you seeing it enough to suggest that the team is, one has talent and potential and then is also being well coached? Um, like, it's interesting because there's a lot of talk about, I'll get to that question in a minute, but there's a lot of talk about the team being young, but an interesting stat is Ireland, Italy and Ireland had an average age of 26 years of age when you added up all their ages on both teams so it's probably more about an experience than age if they're they're you know their average ages of both teams is 26 and um, it's nearly like they're improving each week but it's like too late like it's you know there's parts coming together that you would have hoped maybe that was happening nine ten weeks ago so they seem to be chasing um chasing their their improvement is 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 too far behind where we wanted it. Like we would have wanted the rate of improvement or been doing that in the camps. But um, unfortunately, the Celtic Cup, which was on, probably wasn't a help to this Irish team, which we would have thought it was at the time because the standard was quite poor. So it probably didn't benefit this Irish team as much as we would have hoped. So um, I think, you know, Greg McWilliams coached me. He is a very good coach um, in that... He's very creative, but I think they're probably at a position now where they obviously don't have the sevens girls. And I think at the weekend, um, 
what we were lacking, especially in the back line, was someone to finish. Um, a back that can beat someone one-on-one and finish. So there's no doubt, um, and that's no disrespect to the players that are there, but if you had a Bave and Parsons on an end on a particular move, she's a person that can make things happen and beat people one-on-one. And that's what I felt we were lacking. Those players are on their own journey to try and qualify for the Olympics, and that would be a massive thing. Um, I suppose we're um, hoping to see more players come through, um, you know, in the future that we have, you know, that it's not as massive issue when we have girls gone to the sevens. Can but, I ask you? Can I ask you about the Olympics, right? Because um, yeah. I, I, I am a different uh, uh, age from people who've kind of got into sevens rugby. I certainly was never part of when I was a kid growing up. There was the Six Nations, and uh, there were World Cups. And that's kind of what our rugby culture was based on. And I understand that there is a new generation who are mad into the sevens and follow the fortunes of the team. And, you know, they're on YouTube and, they're, and it's a, it is a different... They're trying to do something different to it. I, I don't really... Even if, if Ireland go to the Olympics and do well in the Olympics, I'll feel the same I would about the golfers winning a medal in the Olympics. Fair play happy for you, but it doesn't really matter because it's not the athletics in the Olympics or it's not like the boxers in the Olympics, which is the peak of their sport. For me, the peak of rugby is the Six Nations and the World Cup. And we had a team that was competitive in the Six Nations and the World Cup and we decided to go over here and chase this shiny thing. And I, I don't know, did, like, did you grow up dreaming of being a Sevens Olympic champion? I didn't dream up of being any rugby player because, I mean, I got to rugby late like every one of us at the time, but maybe I was in a, I'm in a different position. I grew up doing athletics and Gaelic football, very different sports, but um, Olympics would have been a big thing in athletics. So for me, when I was playing rugby, sevens was all about Olympics. You know, I would have liked to have got to the Olympics. Um, liked playing on the World Series, but for me, sevens was all about Olympics. And if I could have gone to one Olympics, fantastic. But rugby, yes. To everyone out there, to majority people out there, it's about World Cups and Six Nations. And my husband played rugby all his life, and you know, play AIL and all that. And he'd have no interest in watching sevens. Like, um, and it's funny because when I was playing sevens, you know, back when I was, and I might be playing a Six Nations, you know, the general people like me out, out where I'm from, Lee, should be like, why are you not playing the Six Nations? Where are you? Like, they wouldn't have, they wouldn't know that you're playing um, sevens. So, yeah, I think... There is, like, for example, my brother would be not a massive rugby fan, wouldn't, like, he's a soccer and Jay, and he came to watch me in Hong Kong at the time, years ago, and he much preferred to watch Sevens, because um, for him, he just preferred watching it. There wasn't maybe the interest degrees of the scrum and line out and different things. He just, you know, so, I don't know, maybe there's a different audience. It's a, It'd be a massive thing for the girls to qualify, 100%, but... Yeah, like if we're being honest, I think where most of the interest from maybe the common public and maybe the rugby community would be 15s. But I think if you're an athletic girl and you're going between 7s and 15s, um, you probably like to achieve in both if you can. You know what I mean? So don't have that answers your question. But um, yeah, like I think that's where the tradition lies in our country with 15s. Well, as Jerry said this morning, Alison, that decision not to pick the, the sevens players is a decision. Um, like, And I look, to be honest, I think, you know, when they're chasing Olympic qualification, I think it's the right decision because 2016, the team didn't qualify, which I was part of. 2020 didn't qualify. 
and now they're in a really good position to qualify. And they have been mixing with the best teams on the circuit. And look, very different games. And I would say a few of the girls can come in and be very good at 15s. And I think there's kind of a hybrid player that can do both. And I have seen unbelievable backs in 15s that don't take to the sevens game. I have seen unbelievable sevens players on the circuit on the World Series that don't take to the 15s game. So um, it's not saying that, but there's no doubt that a game breaker like uh, Babe and Parsons yesterday, and she is like, she's a, she can beat people, but she's quite physical as well. And I kind of felt in the backs, with probably the exception of Aoife Dalton, I thought she had a really good game. Um, probably lacking a little bit of physicality in our backs as well. So, um, like, what I thought was improved was their defence in terms of their shape and their structure and their ability to get off the line. Probably what let them down was just the ability to finish the tackle. Sometimes they were wrapping and then the people were breaking the tackle. So, like, shape, structure, line speed, intent was much better, but then the ability just to finish off the tackle and squeeze and get them to the ground and finish off the tackle was... Um, lacking so they're you know improvement but not finishing it off um we also saw like our rook height on sunday saturday was very high and that's something that is just the basics and that should be better if if the guards are going to be honest with themselves and the coaching because there's times we made line breaks and then we had you know we'd make a really good line break and then we'd have very slow rook ball because we couldn't clean out our rooks effectively with height, with good rook height. We were getting into a shoulder battle, do you know, which we didn't need to. And then we couldn't then play off that rook, quick rook ball because our rooks were ineffective. So um, that was an issue um, in that game. And I think we just had, we're not being clinical 10 metres out. When we get an opportunity, we're just not able to take it. So... Um, Another interesting stat is like 74% of Italy's players using this year's Six Nations played in the 2022 Six Nations were only 59% of Ireland's played in last year's Six Nations. So, um, and like the average caps per back for Ireland was 10, Italy was 44. That's starting backs and the average um, caps for the starting forwards in Ireland was 16, Italy was 35. So you're seeing kind of a disparity in like experience which... It's like anything, I think, if you're trying to... Like, I remember coaching girls rugby years ago, and when you have everyone coming from the same place, it's harder, you know, if inexperienced. But if you've got more more experience out there, everyone is able to kind of feed off that. So they're kind of at that position where the inexperience um, is all around. Now, there is very there is experienced girls in terms of an Irish perspective. I look... Until we get more games in the summer and more autumn internationals, we, we can't compare caps to England. We, like, I played for 10 years and played in nearly every Six Nations games and I only have nearly 50 caps. Mm. So, And that was me playing all the time. So we can't compare against England who went off in summer tours and autumn internationals because that's realistically, we haven't done that as a country yet. For- and I, I hope that we do do that. Um, that's on the RFU though not organising those games not investing in the, not investing in the game Like I and, and the point about the Caps is interesting but it's a choice as well in that we're not picking yeah, yeah. the experienced yeah, players yeah. we've decided to you know anybody who was part of the old stuff you can you can head off there now and it does feel like a lot of the stuff that was written about in the article is, is kind of like um, 
a factor of decisions that have been made. And a lot of the people who made those decisions are still involved with the IRFU. And you're kind of thinking, I'm just not, I'm just not sure the direction we're going in. Like, I think the thing is, like, what is that quote? Those that fail to learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Mm. And I think there is fantastic work being done in the RFU. There is fantastic people working there in the women's game. But I think the big thing is, I know they said, look, you have to forget about these are all um, irrelevant because it's in the past. But like any organisation, whether they're successful or not, like you constantly kind of have to ask yourself, what are we doing right? What can we do better? And that's any company, any organisation. You, you know, you constantly have to just look back and go, what are we learning from? Like, we didn't do that very well in the past. How can we do better? And that's just kind of maybe... And that's... I don't think that's... That's what a, any organisation should do all the time. So I think maybe there's a little bit of looking at things that happened and seeing, well, we don't really want to let that happen again. So how can we move on? Yes, we're doing really good things, but... Like, how can we do things better? Because we're constantly striving to be better. And I presume the RFU wants to be that organisation that, you know, can adapt and evolve and do things better and not be afraid to, you know, ask themselves, could we do things better? There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with putting your hands up sometimes and saying, OK, we could have done that better. I hope like that's. I hope that, they that's are. That's a progressive organisation if they do that. Yeah, but I, I'm not, I, I you know, <laughs> uh, I don't see the evidence of that in what they're doing at the moment. And that's the problem, I think, that um, I haven't seen enough from the IRFU. They put Greg McWilliams out to answer this and say it was historic. They didn't put David Yusufor out. They didn't put the chief executive out and say, OK, OK, we, we thought we'd reached a point where this wasn't going to be an issue anymore. We hoped that this was historic it clearly isn't, but we're on top of this. Don't worry. And I just, I'm not, I don't yeah, know. That, that's the right response, isn't it? That's yeah. A sensible approach. Like, you know, if anyone does that wrong, anyone in our jobs, we go, oh, I'm sorry about that. I thought we'd really look to, to really try and improve that instead of sometimes it comes across defensive, you know, um, I suppose the only thing I have to say is sometimes all these stories, they kind of take away, they do take away from what we need to fix is and getting better at rugby. But at the same time, we can't ignore the past because that is an indication of how our future goes. Like that's, I'm a history teacher. So you I mean, we have you know, like people will always look at history so we don't repeat the same thing over and over again. So yeah, like hands up and go like, you know, there was a story about the protein. I mean, all I think you have to say was, God, we hope that that never happens again. We'll do everything in our power to ensure that every player, you know, whatever, simple. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'm no PR person, but I would that not be, instead of saying, we don't know who this scenario is. Look, but that's near, neither here nor there because I think at the same time, as a player, um, you know, you just kind of have to make things, unfortunately, you just have to kind of roll with things um, at the same time. But not ex- it's, a, it's, a, it's a fine balance, isn't it? Kind of not to make excuses for yourself, but to kind of demand change, but to not let it drag you down. Yeah, yeah. And look, all, all sports in Ireland in our history have gone through this at every level. Yeah. You know, you think of uh, Roy Keane complaining about facilities. You think of Keith Wood's generation and Brian O'Driscoll's generation setting the standard for what was expected and acceptable in uh, the men's 
uh, national team and the approach and like so uh, these these teething difficulties could lead somewhere good but I just want to see some more evidence from the IRFU that they're listening to it um, we've yeah got- and I think like players voice is really important and I think you know I think a lot of the issues just could be avoided with just a little bit more player input and that's actually listening to the players and it's not you know it's just that's a simple thing to do because um, they're the people that you need you know you need your players and I think the women's game is is really growing in this country and I think you have to remember that where if you have a club and you're getting more girls into it you get more memberships they're bringing along their brothers that might not yeah. like I was involved in Port Leash Rugby Club and I was involved in underage girls maybe what, was it, 12 years ago now but traditionally we and you kind of see that in rugby you'll get maybe girls coming from non-traditional backgrounds maybe more so than boys and then they bring along their brothers yeah. that might traditionally never have so massive opportunity to you know really drive this women's game and see it as positive thing like you exactly. know exactly like why not like I mean um, we've got to leave it there positivity say like in GA and women's and how you know they really help communities and clubs so let's just try and see it in the positive but um I think realistically Ireland are going to have a difficult encounter now against England and that's it's going to be a tough one you know yeah Alison good stuff thanks a million for joining us cheers no bother guys bye bye OCB AM with Gillette Labs get the ultimate shave or your money back Neon Night Edition available now